You're listening to Futuramapedia, a Futurama podcast. Podcasts. Uh, I'm Steve Gower. I'm Mike Musaro. This is our guide to the animated TV series created by Matt Groening and David X. Cohen. Not to be confused with the best-selling Bebop Deluxe album. That's right. I don't have it, but I'd love to listen to it. I think we should talk about that album on a yeah on a later episode. podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably look it up tonight. So what? are we going to be talking about on this podcast pretty much everything futurama so i think uh we discussed we're going to talk about some news uh, because there are upcoming episodes that will be uh, released fairly soon i think you know more about that mike yeah there's uh they just had 26 new episodes and they have 26 more coming uh that's perfect I so we will definitely talk about the new episodes, but uh, for the most part, we're going to be going over uh, the existing episodes. So as a warning, there's there's going to be spoilers if you haven't seen any of the episodes. Yeah, this is for future M fans that have seen this seen the series. Uh, of course, we're welcome to any listener who's interested in Futurama, but I think it'd be more interesting to people who've actually seen the series, so... Yeah, spoiler alert, there's going to be spoilers. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and today we're talking about, uh, fittingly enough, for the first episode of the podcast, we're talking about Space Pilot 3000. That's right. So, uh, the overview of the pilot is, uh, after an accidental cryogenic freezing, Fry awakens at the dawn of the year 3000. With the help of his two new friends, a degenerate robot named Bender and a beautiful one-eyed alien named Leela. Fry defies uh, his life assignment as a delivery boy. He tracks down his great-great-great-nephew, Professor Farnsworth, who hires the three to work for his intergalactic delivery service. It's a brave new world, and Fry is in for the ride of his life. So that's a description of the pilot episode, and basically the premise for the whole series. Yeah, I was just thinking that actually uh, for a pilot episode, it's doing exactly what it should be. It's introducing the series and what it's about, and pretty much everything in that description is covered in the series as a whole. That's right. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the Futurama theme. Well, you know more about the theme than I do, uh, and actually you have a lot to say about that, so why don't you go ahead talk about the theme well uh number one it's one of my favorite themes of different shows i guess um and you may have recognized our theme uh for this podcast uh of course it's not the actual futurama theme uh but you may recognize it close to that and that's because uh the futurama theme is based on a song called uh, CK Rock or Psych Rock. It's French by Pierre Henri. Yeah, it's it's spelled like psychic, but except it's the uh, P. Was it P S Y C H E Exantegui? That's right. So uh, Exantegui, if you will. That's the correct. dead language. No, wait, that's not right. 
Dead Language and Futurama. Anyways, okay, back well, to the theme. Well, now we have to talk about that real quick. Um, we're, um, my all-time favorite joke, it's not from this episode, but it's from another one, but it's when the professor shows uh, some of his, in, of his inventions, most of them failed, and one of them is a translator that uh, translates only into useless dead language. Fry says, hello, and the machine goes, bonjour. And I thought that was really funny at the time because I was in high school when I saw it, taking French class, not enjoying it. Just a real quick aside, though. uh, Another quick aside. Well, no, it it is related to Space Pilot 3000 in that in the countdown scene in the end, uh, when they're counting down in France, they say seven and not set. So it is related to the pilot episode anyways so back to the theme i didn't even pick up on that that was in the commentary i watched it twice so yeah uh okay so to the theme uh pierre Henry, french guy um so that's what we chose to use for our theme for this podcast the uh, futurama theme is composed by christopher ting and he has composed music for knight rider and the oc I don't know what the OC music sounds like, but I don't imagine it's anywhere similar to Futurama. No. No. And I'm not going to sing it for you. Not that I've seen the show. So moving along, let's uh, talk about the episode itself. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good story for a pilot. Normally pilots are really terrible. Uh, agreed, yeah. it's uh, It was a great introduction into the Futurama world. And especially with uh, all the inside jokes, which we'll we'll get to in a minute, but um, and secrets. Yes, there are actually secrets. Uh, set which, up a lot of the outline for which, the rest of the series, which we will spoil uh, unashamedly for you because we don't care. Yeah, uh, I thought actually, yeah, this, like I said, the story was was pretty good for for a pilot, and I, I know in the commentary they mentioned that they went through a lot of different drafts where where Fry uh, was a a ton of different things but i think the story that they went went with even though you know career chips didn't go much further than the pilot episode i think they're mentioned once later on in the series i thought that it's it was a it's pretty solid and one funny note that i that i mentioned to you when we were watching this is uh there is a scene where where fry is like convincing bender to go against He's convincing Bender. I'm gonna edit that for sure. <laughs> He's convincing Bender to go against his programming and bend open the bars so they can escape. And while well, Bender does after he electrocutes himself, but it seems like it's it's supposed to be a story. It's it's set up like it's a story that's gonna be about you know choosing your own way in life and not being forced to do what you gotta do. But in the end. It, Fry ends up just being a delivery boy, which is, I thought was kind of funny. Nice little touch. Yeah, well done. And he seems very excited at the end of the episode. Uh, yes. Well, he's a space delivery boy, so I think that's a lot better than Panucci's. It is pretty neat. Although, if you're a pizza delivery boy, you can have all the pizza you want to eat. Yeah, but then you end up looking like Panucci's. Panucci. Yeah. Singular. Not, a, not an attractive man. So, uh, you know, there was another story point that I was I was gonna mention, uh, but I forgot. So let's let's move on. So uh, yeah, inside jokes though. Uh, well, some of the ones that we noted down were like the the billboards still don't work in the future. Uh, that was one. I don't think that happens as often throughout the show, but it's related to 
signs all over the show, which which you brought up. Yeah, where there's a, a lot of funny signs. So if if you're anything written, anything you see on the screen that's written is normally pretty funny or a reference to something. Yeah, so, and especially the alien language. Um, they mentioned that it was translated within like a half hour of the show's airing. Yeah, which and is pretty good. They have three alien languages, so they get harder and harder because the first one is just like a straight translation like abc is you know other weird symbols and then other ones use mathematical equations to actually figure out each letter yeah and people have figured them out but i am not one of them i don't know mike have you translated anything or figured out the translation matrix uh i haven't figured it out i found it online and i have translated a few things but well that's close i can't say that i I did it myself. Other other things uh, for recurring jokes. Uh, the bricks. Yeah, the bricks. Uh, Bender so. in one of the scenes. Uh, oh well, the police catch up to Bender, Fry, and Leela because they've deserted their career chips. Um, and uh, Bender raises his hands, and a brick falls from. Followed by more bricks. Yeah. So the well-known expression, as you may know bricks coming out of an end yes yeah and so that happens in other episodes and it's pretty funny where does he get all those bricks from now i think in this episode he just uh drops one brick but uh and as far as where he gets the bricks from he's a kleptomaniac so obviously he steals them and that's that's all sad one i think gets it from a chimney uh what else oh yes uh, speaking of the career chips, though, uh, even though it's not a recurring joke, but I do remember now what I was going to mention about that. Actually, it reminded me of uh, the movie Gattaca, where uh, where their jobs are largely determined by their by their genetics. But it's obviously not as uh, as in depth as Gattaca. Right. I just thought I'd mention that, though. I like that. What about uh, what about some secrets? Uh, the Leela. Leela's race, yeah. Leela's race. She's uh, the last... She believes that she's the the last of her... Cyclops her, race. Yeah, Cyclops race. That she was left behind on Earth by her parents, which is, uh, I guess, partially true. I understand. I'm the only one-eyed alien on this whole planet. My parents abandoned me here as a baby, and I don't even know what galaxy they were from. I know how it feels to be alone. Yeah, that's right. And so, spoiler, as I'm sure you know, it turns out that she's not a... Well, she is a Cyclops, but she's not she's from a, a Cyclops race. Yeah, she's a mutant. Yeah, and mutants were not introduced in this episode, but they are fairly quickly in the first season. So, uh, Although there is one mutant, the Three-Eyed Fish, but that's uh, a Simpsons reference. Which was great because, of, uh, of course, Matt Groening is the creator of The yeah. Simpsons and the creator of the series, and a uh, great homage to The Simpsons to start off the episode. You see the three blinky. The three-eyed blinky, I think. Yeah, he's called it. What, what was the other secret? I think we put down uh, Nixon uh, in the Head Museum was referred to as a secret, I believe, in the commentary. I think the only reason that was a secret is because he becomes president of the world later on. Yeah. I think that's I think that's the secret that they're referring to. 
Yeah, probably. It's not a huge secret, I guess. It's just a setup. It's yeah. I think that what they were talking about in the commentary, the, like we're we're talking with secrets because they mentioned in the commentary that uh, they set up certain things in the pilot early on that get uh, referenced later, and they call they just call them secrets. I think because they didn't want to spoil anything in the commentary, and I think that's all that they meant by secret for Nixon. It's just you know he's gonna be in the series later on. Right. And, uh, which Matt Groening loved because he loves to make fun of Nixon, apparently. Um, I love the character. I think he's a great character. Hilarious. Now, who does the voice? Riddled with phlebitis. <laughs> who does the voice? Is that Billy West doing I, Nixon? I do believe, I yeah, it's yeah. Billy West, yeah. You, I think Billy West probably holds the record on Futurama for the most conversations with himself. Yeah, really. Because uh, he is the voice of Fry... The professor, professor. Zoiberg, who we meet later. That's the next episode. Yeah. Nixon. Nixon. Uh, one of the police officers that actually beats up on Fry and Bender in yeah. this episode. Yeah, he beats on himself. But he's a recurring character. He sort of sounds like Fry, but like a little more uh, nasally, I think. Yeah. And uh, also uh, oh. the Willy Wonka character, but it's like the Willy... Wormulon there's, there's one big one we're forgetting though. Mr. Zap Brannigan. Zap Brannigan. You know what? The, one of my favorite characters, but yeah. he shows up later. Not in this episode. Episode four, actually. Loves labors. Lost in space. Very good. I just watched that uh, episode today, actually. Great character. Yeah. I look forward to talking more about him. And we will. Okay, so what about the, the the big secret we were talking about, uh, Nibbler's Shadow? Nibbler's Shadow. So that's... I guess we should explain Nibbler, first of all. Uh, it shows up in episode four, actually, same as Zap Brannigan. That's right. Uh, Leela rescues him from... Uh, what is it called? Omicron 6? No, Vergon 6. Vergon 6. This is Vergon 6. And so he's, uh, he's an animal that just devours other animals he eats a whole lot for a little guy and he poops dark matter he poops dark matter in a, a kitty litter that's what fuels starships yeah and it's, it's apparently really really heavy it weighs every pound of which weighs 1,000 pounds yeah 1,000 pounds it weighs as much as a million suns yeah so uh, so a nibbler his shadow appears in space pilot 3000 um and that is a reference later on. I don't remember which season it is, but uh, it's the Why of Fry is the episode. Yeah, that's Fry. right. It's either three or four. and uh, Maybe three. Yeah, so his shadow appears when Fry falls back when he's in the cryogenic lab and he falls back into the freezer, the pod. Yeah, now we were, we were talking about this, this earlier, and I kind of thought that it was kind of iffy that it looked like Nibbler. Um, I mean, you could definitely see the shape of it, but I, I kind of wondered if that was if they really, really meant to, for that to be Nibbler's shadow, or if it just happened to conveniently look at it. Like, what do you think? Yeah, well, you know, there's, I'm kind of, I can see both ends. You know, I I think that it's it is Nibbler. I think it they wrote the outline and and had planned to come back to that in the future. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you look at the shot, you know, it's a chair, it's fry, it's the, uh, the New Year's noise oh, yeah. maker. yeah, the noise maker, yeah. And then that shadow. And it's yeah. so, it's so, um, 
The one you thing know. that's going for it is that Nibbler was introduced three episodes later, so I mean, they knew what he looked like. Yeah, exactly. So you can see his fang, and you can see his third eye, or what you call the eye stem. Eye stock, I think. Eye stock, eye stem. I like it. It's a good terminology. Yeah. So that that was the biggest secret in uh, in Space Pilot Three Thousand, I think. And just... do we reveal what the secret is? Yeah, spoiler, right? So... Yeah. Well, we we just. We, yeah, we pretty much did assume that it's Nibbler, so... Yeah, and because it's the Wild Fry, and it's Nibbler who lives for a very long time, and uh, has to actually freeze-fry to fight the brains in the later episodes. So that's a whole other can of worms, so that's yeah. the, that's that secret. Yeah, I think we, we decided we're going to do a whole other episode uh, about episodes that touch back onto the pilot because there's there's a lot actually there are and you know what that's where it gets really confusing is when they play with the timeline and the time travel so that'll be fun to talk about yeah and and there are some really good time travel episodes in Futurama and I think one of them in fact the uh, Roswell at Enswell won uh, I can't remember what award it was but it it won for the for the script of the show the writing an Emmy I don't know if it was, was it an Emmy they won something, but they won an award. That's all I know. And it was a very good episode. Roswell ends well. Roswell that ends well. Uh, okay, so uh, what about... Uh, oh, we wanted to mention cameos. That's right, and special guest appearances. So yeah. there's two big ones on this episode. So there's Dick Clark, or yes. the head of Dick Clark. Yeah, I think he announces himself as, I'm Dick Clark's head. And... Uh, that's of course the head heads in a jar where yeah. they can preserve people. Uh, yeah, of course, they can even preserve them even after they've died centuries earlier, which I thought was you know kind of part of the joke. I think. Yeah, and I think you know I think it's a really good device so that you can have special guest appearances of people from our time, yeah. the twentieth and twenty first century. Yeah, and, and uh, I think I think that's that it it works well. I mean. They, the, the guests like to come on the show, and, they, and it works well. And there, there was also Leonard Nimoy was the first head in a jar that we were... Spock. Yeah. Live uh, long Mike and did prosper. The, the live long and prosper fingers there. Can you do that? Yeah. On both hands. I we're think. actually doing it, people. It's uh I had to put talent. my pen down to demonstrate both hands could do it. Uh, yeah, Leonard Nimoy, I think he appears uh, several times throughout the series. He does, and they actually have an episode that's devoted to the cast of the original Star Trek yeah, series. Yeah, that was a good episode, and, and one that we'll definitely cover, because we are both Star Trek fans. Nerds. Yep, yeah, pretty much. And so that's um, it for special guest appearances on that episode, and then there's a cameo of Matt Groening's head. Yeah. And head in I, the jar. And of course, he had to appear there. He's the creator, um, along with David X. Cohen. A lot of the creators and writers, and they actually appear as as heads. Yeah, and throughout I, the series. I think probably for most of that, you have to freeze frame to catch them. I think Matt Groening is the most obvious one because he's the the creator. He can do that kind of thing. That's right. Let's talk about the pilot and how things change over the course of a series, and what we noticed. And what do they even comment on in the commentary of the episode is how the voices change, namely the professor and Bender. Yeah, you can definitely, like if you watched uh, episode the last episode of the series, well, well of the series, uh, I say last episode of the series because I'm, I'm talking about season four, 
Devil's Hands are out of playthings. Watch that episode, then go back and watch Space Pilot 3000. Definitely notice huge difference. You you said it best with uh, the professor. He sounds younger. Yeah. He, he just does. sounds like an older fry, but not exactly the professor, the voice that we know. He's actually a younger fry. A younger fry? Actually. Oh, yeah, technically. Because he's, he's a great, 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 great nephew. nephew. Yeah, no, that's right. You know, maybe uh, they can build that into a joke because maybe he gets old, older and more senile as yeah, I the guess so. series progresses. I, I did think at first that he did act a little differently, too, but I think that was just uh, near the end of the show. and He pretty much is the same character, though, yeah. all the way through. And that's what you see over series is character development. So Yeah, and, I, and uh, now, Bender's voice... You said it best, where I can never quite place it. Uh, he sounds... I think he gets more aggressive. Yeah, oh yeah, I said abrasive. Abrasive That's what it was. Very good word for it. And you also said that he sounds an octave higher. Yeah. Uh, yeah, his voice seemed to be higher than normal. Well, normal. That's air quotes there, by the way. Um, softer. Softer. A bit softer. Now... Uh, John DiMaggio, who plays the voice of Bender, actually auditioned, uh, don't you know, listener, that he actually auditioned, auditioned for Professor Farnsworth. Yeah, and his Professor Farnsworth actually sounds a lot like Billy West's Professor Farnsworth. It's kind of funny to hear it in the commentary. But he auditioned uh, with Bender's voice originally for Professor Farnsworth, if that sounds confusing enough. Yes. <laughs> Well, I guess basically the best way to explain that is the the voice you hear for Bender is what he used to audition for Farnsworth. And he and I guess the the police robot's name is Carl. He used that voice to audition for Bender. Yeah. Yeah, so well, it's good voice. He's got a good range. Yeah. He does. He plays a lot of characters, a but lot yeah. of who are pretty gruff voices like uh like the the guy who's just the I guess the blue collar guy on everything. He's, yeah, he's uh, he does every job. You know, he operates a crane. He demolishes planets. Usually, he ends puts, his words with extra s's. Yeah, use guys. He, he's he's ends his his words is with extra s's. Yeah, and actually, he appears right in the next episode. But uh, we'll get to this, that another time. The series has landed. So that brings us. To a close for this podcast. For our pilot episode covering Space Pilot 3000, Futurama. And what did you call this? Uh, Space Pilot 2000? No, I think I was uh, calling it the podcast Pilot 3000, just in keeping with the episode title. Fair enough. Uh, so what what can we look forward to for the podcast and future episodes? Uh, more great Futurama reviews. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast, so look forward to many more of these if you're a Futurama fan, and for all Futurama fans out there, and future fans. Uh, thanks, goodbye. Yeah. All right. See you next time. Start. Who has thrown away the key? My soul has vanished. Well, at least here you'll be treated with dignity. Now strip naked and get on the probulator. Probulator? Probulator. Uh, let's, let's apply the standard caution. Probulator. Got disturbing. one. Got one in my shed. That's a little more disturbing. You haven't seen it yet?
Um, riddled with phlebitis. <laughs> this episode of our podcast has been brought to you by Lowbrow Beer.